Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. It's time to douse that campfire. Wait, 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 what? Oh, yeah. I'm Tony. I'm Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time in a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. Yes, indeed, Aroni. So we are going to get ready to get back on the road. Yeah, tomorrow morning. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. Yep. And, of course, we release always Thursday at 8 a.m., or before. But tomorrow, Wednesday, we're going to be on the road all day, so we want to get a little bit of a head start and be ready. Indeed. We are headed toward Indiana, where we will attend the Frog Rally. Yeah, so if you are attending the Frog Rally, and Frog is the Forest River Owners Group, Yep. so you have to have a Forest River product to attend, we will be there at the Indiana 4-H Fairgrounds, I believe. Yeah, in Elkhart. Yes, in Elkhart. So if you're there, let's meet up. In the meantime, I want to give some special thanks out to our new neighbors. Yes. <laughs> our new Rio Rancho neighbors, Michael and Mickey, Mike and Lisa, and Brian and Patrick. These are all people who reached out to us because they heard us say that we were in New Mexico and we have hung out with each of these couples individually and had a wonderful, great time. And they have helped us get acquainted with our new hometown. Yeah, it's been fantastic. Uh, Michael and Mickey, especially, they took us on a tour of the area and showed us around. And yeah, they have been waiting since October for us to get moved over here we've been talking about it for a long time and they every you know week like when are you coming when are you coming so we're here michael and mickey sorry yep. well and then mike and lisa bought a new travel trailer and yes. we got to go see it today man i really like it yeah so it's an intact terra oasis and I, boy i'm i'm That's smitten it's pretty really nifty. nice and brian and patrick not only <laughs> stalked us to find out where we were staying that, they didn't they happened to see our rv when they were looking for a place to stay locally for them and we were sitting here working one afternoon and someone knocked on the door and it was Brian and Patrick with the six pack yeah. and some hot dogs. And we spent the evening getting to know them here in camp. And yeah. that was super fun as well. Yeah, we have really enjoyed the people here in New Mexico, especially, of course, the people we just mentioned. But it has just been terrific as has the beer and the food and the views and i even enjoyed man. meeting that lady who accidentally uh -huh. got in our truck yesterday <laughs> that was so weird that was so weird we were sitting in the truck getting ready to leave the post office and a woman mistook our truck for hers and opened the passenger door and started to tell her husband that he was parked in the wrong place and was very, very surprised to see me sitting there. <laughs> that was hilarious. It was hilarious, and she was so embarrassed, but we were just laughing so hard and having a good time. Yeah. Laughing at the mistake. We got a bunch of stuff from Amazon. It's our first Albuquerque Amazon load, That's as right. It That's we'll right. It was like that. old times. We had three packages in yeah. the mail. <laughs> Speaking of getting cool stuff in the mail, we have been working with the people from the Airstream Life Store. And you might say, well, wait a minute. You don't own an Airstream, and you don't have to. You no, can. No, you don't. They have some nifty stuff for Airstream. They also have vetted products that we have really liked. For example, we have their water hose, and it is the best water hose that we have seen. We have their sand mat. The sand-free mat, which is a mat that you put in front of your camper under the awning, and it won't let the sand come in. That's been really, really good. You can get there from our discounts and deals page on stresslesscamping.com. So if you're looking for things that have been carefully vetted and tested, that's a place to go. And again, just uh, click over from our discounts and deals page. But what else did we get? Very recently, we got an element fire extinguisher. Right. And this thing is really cool. It's so cool, we didn't even think we could do it justice. We <laughs> <laughs> so we invited a guest, Rob Khaleesi, He's going to tell us all about element fire extinguishers. Well, we have the privilege of having Rob Khaleesi with us today from Element Fire Extinguishers. 
Rob, welcome. Rob, thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So you might be saying, well, I have a fire extinguisher in my RV, so why would I need something different? It's there, and if there's a fire, I can put it out and keep camping. No, that is probably not the case. <laughs> yes, you may have a fire extinguisher in your RV, and I don't think I could more strongly suggest you consider replacing it. Yeah. And element fire extinguishers are very different from what most of us are used to. So tell us a little about them, if you would. The simple elevator pitch, if you will, is that an element fire extinguisher is approximately 80% smaller than a regular extinguisher. It is one-tenth the weight. It never expires, nor does it need any maintenance. When you discharge it, it doesn't make any mess, doesn't create any toxic byproducts, and doesn't rob breathing oxygen. And lastly, when you discharge one, you get about five times the amount of discharge time than you do from a regular extinguisher. So in a regular extinguisher, you pull the pin, you get about nine to 11 seconds of spray, if you want to call it that. And in ours, you get 50 to 60 seconds. So quite a bit more time, which is probably the most valuable commodity that you have when you have a fire. From what somebody told us, more than a few people, the objective of a fire extinguisher in an RV is basically to create a path to get the heck out. Correct. Uh, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're choosing to, to fight a fire, you should never, ever do it in such a fashion where you're not giving yourself an out. I mean, you should always have, a, as an example, a back you're back to an exit, for instance. Or, of course, I mean, if that is not a possibility, you're using the extinguisher to create a path out rather than put a fire out. I mean, you should always worry about yourself first. Possessions can easily be replaced. Right. Fire extinguishers that come with RVs are very small and they don't cover all the fires, which surprised me. There's a difference between red ones and white ones. Red extinguishers are rated normally for, so if we use the fire classification, you have A, which is solids, things like trash, wood, those types of things. B, which are uh, liquids and gases, things like gasoline, propane, and C is an electrical fire. Okay. So a, a red fire extinguisher is rated for those types of fires. However, it's a design that puts out a lot more force than a white one. If you can imagine an extinguisher as a compressed gas cylinder that discharges either a powder, a liquid, or a gas, in order to be able to, to give you, if you will, a longer distance to, be, to the fire, those ones run at a higher pressure. And for that reason, they are not rated for fires such as cooking oils and fats, because the most common type of household fire is a kitchen oil pan fire. And they always tell you with an extinguisher pointed at the base of the fire. So if you have a liquid pan of burning fluid and you point a red extinguisher at the base of the fire, what's going to happen? It's going to blow the liquid out of the pan, create an almighty fireball. And that obviously is the opposite of what you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So in a kitchen environment, they make these extinguishers that are white in color. And the white extinguishers have a different nozzle profile which means that you need to be a little bit closer to the fire, but it means that they make a lot less pressure and it's less likely to blow a fire out of the pan. One of the cool things about an element extinguisher is that not only does it have the A, B, and C rating, it also has a K rating, which is a specific one for kitchen oils and fats, because the gas that comes out of an element is non-pressurized. It doesn't come out with any force. To the best of my knowledge, I believe we are the only extinguisher that carries those four ratings altogether in one. So if it doesn't come out with any force, does that mean you have to get really close to the fire to put that fire out? Correct. In life, everything is a bit of a trade-off. Mm -hmm. So by giving up force, you do have to get a little closer. Now here is where theory and practice intersect with one another, <laughs> or perception and practice intersect with one another. And that is that most people have a very, very unrealistic view of the type of fire that you can put out with a handheld extinguisher. Forget about ours, any handheld extinguisher. They think that they can you know, go up to a burning car with flames licking out of the wheel wells, and I'm going to take this on. And that's not the case at all. People that have right. professional fire training understand that handheld extinguishers are for incipient stage fires. When they're just getting started, you want to stop them before they really 
take hold. And a handheld extinguisher for something, if you want to use an order of magnitude, you know, a small trash can or smaller. And anything bigger than that, it's really the domain of the professional firefighters. Look, if you find yourself in a position where you have an opportunity to safely tackle a fire, you have a safe path out and you have an extinguisher, I would always suggest, hey, you got nine to 11 seconds in a regular extinguisher, try that first because every second that passes, that fire is growing exponentially internally and then call the firefighters. Some people are like, I'll call the firefighters first and while I'm waiting, I'll try the fire. Always try tackling the fire first. And of course, the most important thing is getting to safe first and foremost. Right. Yeah. The objective is basically create a pathway for you to get out so you can then call the fire department and your insurance company. (laughs) (laughs) Because you don't want to be a casualty. You want to be able to report an issue. Absolutely. So another thing about the element fire extinguisher, I know that the typical fire extinguisher that I think everybody's used to, as your RV's traveling down the road, the contents compress, right? Because of the bouncing and just sitting there and sometimes for years. And I believe you're supposed to take it off and shake it upside down periodically to make sure it actually works. So you're very right in what you're saying. If you can imagine, you have a compressed gas cylinder, but it's it's a, it's a vessel, if you will. And inside it has a powder. And one of the things that tends to happen is if you can imagine a um, you know a can of Coke on a hot day, a cold can of Coke on a hot day, that condensation you get on the outside of the can also tends to happen on the inside of a fire extinguisher bottle. So over the passage of time, you have an extinguisher in an RV and it's exposed to hot weather and cold weather and it's kind of being jiggled around a little bit. Add a little bit of condensation here and there and you all of a sudden have yourself a little cement mixer. So it's yeah. not uncommon for extinguishers over time to still have pressure on them, the, the, the gauge will read good and it's no problem there. But inside, the powder has solidified because of, the, of this combination of vibration, time, and humidity that has created either a paste or a solid inside the extinguisher. Very, very common. And then they're pretty worthless when you do have an emergency and break it open. Oh, no, it won't work at all. Yeah. It's interesting. The failure rate of traditional extinguishers is shocking. It really, really is amazing uh, how high the failure rate is on them. Even for ones that the gauges are good and all that kind of stuff, it's pretty amazing. But it's, it's a tool that a huge breadth of people use in different environments. They're stored differently. They're treated differently. So n- not a knock against a traditional extinguisher, but the failure rate is a function of you know, the amount of, uh, of service and training the people that perhaps are using it have. One of the cool things on the element is that it's a solid construction. The inside of it's a solid chemical. It has no effective shelf life. So a lot of the moving parts, if you will, that you, you'd have to worry about with a traditional extinguisher don't exist because you're just dealing with it with a fairly stable, solid chemical that has a really, really long life to it. Certainly longer than mine. So a lot of advantages in the smaller size, you could mount one by your bed and not be a regular extinguisher. You're going to kick it. If it's by your bed, whereas an element is small enough, I could even see mounting it inside a bedroom cabinet by the bed, you know, on the door, because that's wood, and that would be easy. You open the door and it's right there. So it's small enough to be able to do something like that. We often say that the best extinguisher, there's a, there's an expression actually, which we've stolen from the photography industry, where they say the best camera <laughs> is the one you have. And that's very true with an extinguisher as well. Uh, the best extinguisher is the one you have. So one of the tremendous advantages is the much smaller size. And for your listeners who maybe have not seen one before, imagine a stick that's 11 inches long and one inch in diameter. And that's really what it is. You can imagine something like that, that is not a pressurized vessel. And another thing as well, it's not affected by extremes of temperature, vibration. So you can put it in, if I remember the numbers correctly, at 320 degrees positive to minus 140 Fahrenheit. Wow. So it's, you can put it just about anywhere. Could store it's it in the oven. Affected. <laughs> I don't know. And so all of a sudden it opens up an enormous number of possibilities for where you can put it. So advantages of the unit aside, just its availability is, is a big advantage. Yeah. When I first saw ours, I likened it to a flare. It looks like an old, you know, the flares you used to have in your car in terms of size. And actually, that's probably the most common 
comparison that people normally make to one of these extinguishers is say it's a flare for two reasons. First of all, I said about 11 inches long, one inch in diameter stick. And secondly, the, the way it's discharged is similar to a flare as well, where uh, there's a little protective cap that you remove, which exposes a little striking surface. And in the base of the handle, there's another cap that you take off, you scratch the two of them together, it starts a chemical reaction. So the gas that comes out is a function of a chemical reaction. And I'm sure you've seen chemical reactions before that when they're going off, they're expanding. That expansion is taking place in a sealed container. So it shoots out of a little tip and that's how you get the gas that comes out the tip. So definitely a very different type of fire extinguisher from what people are used to. And I think, you know, the, the shelf life is important. The fact that it doesn't get compacted over time. And also you can have multiples in places that are very convenient for you. Right. And again, uh, one of the things I will say is that it's been our experience that very, very few customers buy just one. Because as soon as they appreciate the advantages that it has, and they realize that it's a one-time purchase, they buy multiples for multiple different locations. And we have been very, very privileged to hear a lot of fantastic success stories of people either helping themselves or at the same time helping others. In fact, just last week, we got a success story of a person who was driving down the road and was able to help somebody else that was having a problem. In fact, our, <laughs> our favorite story of somebody helping somebody else was that a well-known car dealer out of Florida named Curated took in the Ferrari Testarossa that was used for the filming of Miami Vice television show in the 1980s. Oh, yeah. When they made the television show, they had two real Ferraris and they got one of the two real cars that they used with authentication documents, all that kind of stuff. So they were driving it around downtown Miami last year in 2021. And they came across a Toyota RAV4 that had caught fire and they pulled over and they caught all this on video and sent it to us, but they pulled over with this Ferrari and they got out and they put out the fire using an element fire extinguisher. And it was very amusing because if you think about it, the Ferrari that was used on the television show Miami Vice in 2021 was doing police work in downtown yep. Miami with the help of an element fire extinguisher. So that was really fun. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to have one for each vehicle. Yep. One for each kind of segment of your RV. And for those with drivable motorhomes, probably one close to the engine and oh, one close yeah. to the kitchen and one close to the door. Although close <laughs> to the door sort of seems funny to me because if you're already at the door, yeah, get out. <laughs> if you had to run all the way through the RV to get to the door, <laughs> it might be too late to bother using it. But <laughs> so one by the bed is a better idea because that's where you're going to get caught needing a safe route out. That's something that has frustrated me in writing my daily RV reviews about a lot of class A motorhomes is the bedrooms in the back. Mm -hmm. The most common source of fire, the RV refrigerator, is where you have to run past to get out through the door yeah. and the fire extinguisher is usually somewhere by the door. By the door. So yeah. it's, you know, they put that emergency exit, but very few people are nimble enough to go through that window and jump basically out of a second floor window. Right, right. So having a, one of these fire extinguishers or even one for each person in the back makes a lot of sense. To create yourself a path to the door if nothing yeah. else, yeah. And one thing that uh, I alluded to a little bit earlier is that the, the gas that comes out of the extinguisher, we can get into sort of technically what happens, how it works. Yeah. But uh, the gas that comes out doesn't create any toxic byproducts, nor does it rob breathing oxygen, which is, I guess, advantageous over different types of extinguishers. So perhaps for the listeners as well, we can, we can touch upon so that they understand the different types of fire extinguishers that are out there. Because there are yes. effectively a few different strategies for how you put out a fire. So if we assume that everything outside of an element, and it generally is, is a compressed gas cylinder, well, something comes out of that cylinder. So the least expensive extinguishers, which are the most common ones, the ones you get at Walmart, Home Depot, whatever have you, will either discharge a powder of some kind, or in some instances, they'll discharge water. Now, water ones are super limited to the types of fires they can put out. Generally, it's mainly just a, like a campfire type fire. You don't want to use a petroleum fire or an electrical fire. But if you think about the most common type, 
which also are by far the least expensive ones, they put out a powder which is similar to a baking soda, if you will. And the strategy there is that you are dumping a solid on a fire, no different than putting a blanket on it, if you will. But the disadvantage is obviously is that the powder, which happens to be very corrosive, is really, really messy. And it also requires a direct line of sight to the fire. Imagine if you have a fire on the backside of uh, an electrical dashboard, for instance. A powder extinguisher is not going to be very helpful for you because the powder can't do its job. Then you get into other types of extinguishers. So those, th those types of extinguishers represent the least expensive options. Then you jump quite significantly from a price standpoint into a few other types of extinguishers. And those ones are ones that, that fight the fire either on a molecular level or a gas level. So what do I mean by that? If you buy a CO2 extinguisher, carbon dioxide, if you can imagine it's carbon dioxide robs oxygen and by robbing oxygen, a fire can burn. Right. And it also has the advantage that a uh, CO2 extinguisher cools a lot as well. I've heard of uh, people oh. using uh, CO2 extinguishers to cool their beer <laughs> when, they didn't have, when they didn't have a fridge available because the release of gas is very, very similar to sort of an air conditioning system. So the gas comes out very, very cold. Wow. And then outside of that, there are uh, other chemicals such as halon or halotron, which you might have heard of. And those are gases. Uh, halon isn't made anymore because it's, it's really bad for the environment. It's going to be eventually in the next few years fully outlawed. But for the time being, you can only buy recycled halon and it's stratospherically expensive. I mean, we're talking five, $600 for a very small fire extinguisher. Wow. Or someone in a marketing department became very, very clever and they came up with a word called halotron. And halotron is... A lot, of say, oh, a lot of people say, oh, yeah, I got halon. No, you don't. You have halotron, which is half as effective by volume as halon is. It is currently available and you can buy it. It's fairly expensive, but it is a clean agent extinguisher that puts out a fire without making any mess. And again, these more expensive extinguishers all do it without making a mess. And the inexpensive ones, by dumping something on the fire, they make a lot of mess to clean up afterwards. Yeah, and by the way, you don't even have to dump it on a fire. I have a friend who tossed some firewood in mm -hmm. her trailer at the last minute, and somehow that firewood set off the fire extinguisher yep, while she uncommon. was driving. <laughs> and she opened the door and there was just powder everywhere. And of course, this was the time that she got to camp at like 9 p.m. And oh. she had she couldn't go to bed till she cleaned up the mess. <laughs> oh yeah, in the off-road racing world, where you imagine like thousand-mile races bouncing through the desert, it's not at all uncommon for the heads of fire extinguishers to break off, and so they yeah. just hit a bump, and all of a sudden, boom, they got powder all over the place oh, because the head of it broke off just due to the vibration. You you are at the end of the day carrying a a vessel that holds 150 200 pounds per square inch of air, just like a road tire can pop. The same thing. Can that can happen with your extinguisher? Yeah, interesting. I kind of interrupted you, so no, no, not at all. So <laughs> as, as I was saying, I was kind of giving the, the breadth of extinguishers. So those more expensive extinguishers, the CO two, the hail on the halotron, they actually operate rather than smothering the fire. They operate by either robbing breathing oxygen or by introducing a chemical in the case of halon or halotron that chemically interrupts a fire. It essentially doesn't allow oxygen to stick to the chain of combustion. Hmm. Okay. And so Element does effectively the same thing in a slightly different way. So when you discharge an Element, if you're wondering what happens, what's the magic stuff that comes out of it? Yeah. What comes out of it is the technical term is called a potassium aerosol salt. And without getting into too much chemistry or anything like that, imagine it's a gas. And if you're really, really technical about it, it's, it's an absolute microscopic solid, if you will. It's so little that you can't, it doesn't actually deposit anything, but on a microscopic level, for someone who's really, really technical, it's not a gas, it's technically a solid. Okay. And it attaches itself to oxygen molecules in the area. And those oxygen molecules no longer stick to the chain of combustion. So think about the tires on your truck. And if you put oil under the tires or ice under the tires, they don't stick anymore until the ice melts, which in the case of this is a biodegradable process that takes about 20 minutes. After about 20 minutes, those ions biodegrade away and the oxygen returns back to its original state. Now, while that oxygen is 
if you want to say contaminated, if you want to call it, with that chemical, it's still safe to breathe. You haven't robbed breathing oxygen. Whereas, you know, as I said, those other fancy extinguishers, the, uh, the CO2 will rob breathing oxygen and the halons will actually create a toxic byproduct, which can be, well, it, it is poisonous, but it can also affect the nervous system as well. So uh, you really, really, really don't want to be in an enclosed environment when discharging one of those. Wow. Yeah. I, huh, can, I had no idea. I'm glad they're being discontinued and disallowed. <laughs> uh, well, also they were terrible to the environment. I mean, they punched an enormous hole in the ozone layer. If we talk about, you know, where does the, where does the element kind of fit in that? Because I'm going to tackle this head on. I mean, element costs more than a Home Depot fire extinguisher. Now that said, it's about 30% more than a Home Depot fire extinguisher, but it's half the price of any of the fancy expensive ones as well. So you get a lot of the benefits of a fancy expensive one for half the price, which is about 30% more than a Home Depot special. But again, if you take into account that you're not replacing it every three years, by the first replacement cycle, you're, you'll already be ahead. And there's one less thing to worry about long term. Yeah. yeah. And just the fact that it is not something that sort of depreciates with time, right? I mean, the Correct. Home Depot one or whatever the the big box fire extinguisher, you probably won't use it until five years down the road or more. Well, it may not be worth anything. And by then anything. it's not going to work. <laughs> right. Well, we, we have heard plenty of stories of people that have gone to use their extinguisher and it was dead. And, they'll, and they say the, the gauge red green, and that's all I believed. And as we spoke early about, it was either concrete on the inside or the gauge has failed. Not at all uncommon. That's why a lot of commercial buildings and such have people who regularly service the fire extinguishers. But if you're just your regular home user, I, I would be willing to venture that 99% of RVers or people who have fire extinguishers in their home have done nothing to them other than the day they got it looked and said there's my fire extinguisher i'm yeah. safe now that sounds about right where should i stick this thing <laughs> and, it's, and it's, look it's no offense or disrespect to the people who've done that life's a busy thing you can't stay on top of everything that you own and you buy yeah. a fire extinguisher on the thought that it's ready for you the day you need it right. and it's an unfortunate lesson some people learn is that traditional fire extinguishers require a service or attention if you will it's a reality. It's an unfortunate reality, but sometimes, you know, you learn that at the worst possible time. Yeah, that's not a good time to be figuring that out. So, well, this has been very informative. Any additional things you'd like to add that people should know? Of course, we know you can find information at elementfire.com. We also partner with the Airstream Life store. And so we and got our yeah, Element Yeah, that's where we got ours from. Great. And there's a link on our website there. But anything else our audience should know? Well, really what I would say is that whether you choose to carry our extinguisher or any other one, the most important thing is to have something. Really, I'd never want to dissuade anyone from one choice over another. We think that the merits of our product and the Element Fire Extinguisher sells itself. But at the same time, you know, carrying something is the most important thing. So you'll want to make sure that whatever you choose to carry, that you have something that is either serviced, up-to-date, recent, and, and that it be in a place that's easy to access. And at the worst case scenario, take a moment, go on YouTube, watch a video or two just to see how to use it. Just because you'd be surprised how many people in an emergency situation, as I told you, a regular fire extinguisher is nine to 11 seconds. You actually start losing steam after about six and, and then it's completely out, as I said, between nine to 11 seconds. And you'd be amazed how many people will get the fire extinguisher, they pull the pin, they use up half of it, just kind of getting their bearings, getting comfortable, getting a feeling for it. And then that last shot better be really, really accurate because <laughs> if, it's, if it's not absolutely right, you got a pretty useless red cylinder in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want that. We want, we have as few listeners as we have, we want to keep them all safe. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a, I have a question. If there's a fire in my engine compartment of my motorhome, let's say, and I want to get away, but I want the element to do some work. Can I set the element off and throw it in the engine compartment and run away? Will it still That's work? actually an excellent comment. And, and as it happens, just last week, I was in Italy 
because elements are manufactured entirely in Italy. And I was at the factory and I shot off a little video that was explaining this exact concept because an element fire extinguisher, as I said, releases a gas. The gas operates on a theory of concentration, if you will. It needs to concentrate the area, the air in the area. So in an enclosed environment, whether it be the inside of your vehicle, a motorhome might be a little on the large side from, from an area standpoint, but if you look at the, the cabin of an automobile, the engine compartment of a vehicle, you can discharge one, put it in, close the door, and let the concentration of the gas do the work and put the fire out. Okay. Huh. I thought that was a funny question, but <laughs> turns out, no, it, so it's sort of a fire extinguisher grenade. Yeah, as it happens, so the video that I shot uh, in Italy, which uh, will be part of our of our social media as well, was if you can imagine a steel building with a door, and it was vented as well, it wasn't completely sealed, but a steel building that was about five feet by five feet by seven feet, and inside uh, a pan that was approximately two and a half feet with gasoline was lit on fire, a big proper size fire. Yeah. And all we did was light, light an element, put it next to the pan. So not directed into the, into the flame or anything, close the door, probably, I'd have to check the video, but probably waited about 10 seconds or so, opened the door and the fire was out. And then just to prove huh. that it was real, we went and lit the fire again, just to show that the fuel was still, it was, was still active. If you do that wrong and you threw it in the pan, would the fire just burn the element Actually, no. Uh, so the element operates, I guess the, the technical term is in a self-oxidizing fashion, meaning that once you start one, and that's one thing that's a little bit different from a regular extinguisher. Once you start one, there ain't no stopping. Okay. <laughs> once you start an element, you can literally, and there's a video on our website where somebody grabs one, puts it into a bucket of water while it's running, pulls it out, and it's still, it's still operating. Okay. And, and I would urge people that want to get a bit of a feel for it to, to go to elementfire.com there's a media section. We have a number of different videos there. And among the videos, they show multiple little demonstrations. We show it you know, being put into a bucket of water. We, we show it putting a fire out. Of course, multiple ones putting fires out. And we even have an example of a person who had never used one in their life. They'd never even seen one in their life. One of the things we try to do is we try to be very, very real in all the videos that we have on our site. So every video that's on there was shot in one take. And in the case of the person who had never seen it before, what we did was we put it on a stool. We told the person run around the building once, which is a pretty long way. They came, so they're winded a little bit, realistic situation. We said, okay, figure it out. I'm not even telling you what it is, figure it out. And they picked it up, they kind of looked at the pictograms and had it going in less than 10 seconds. Wow. Great. So if you do know what it is and you've already read the instructions <laughs> and you think about it every night as you go to sleep. <laughs> You'll be even faster. If you really know what you're doing, you can be up and running in under a second. But uh, yeah. again, while there are verbal instructions in English, French, and Spanish, it really works off of there's a little, there's four little pictograms on the unit, quite large. And we were very conscious about making even somebody who perhaps has, doesn't have the best vision, uh, it should be very, very easy to figure out for them. Right. And in fact, the history of the product is that it was originally uh, designed and manufactured for police, special forces, and military groups around the world. Oh. And we were the ones that saw the value in a commercial product to give it to the general population. And the fact is that the unit that people buy from us is the exact same unit that police, military, and special forces have been using for over a decade. And they are particularly praised and liked for the ability to use it in a high-stress environment. You can imagine a situation where you got put a fire out, high-stress, I mean, I guess that's, that speaks for itself. The ability to figure it out quickly on your own. The striking system means that you can do it. It's a very reliable system. Uh, if you miss, you get multiple tries at it. So it, it's a very, very easy to use unit. And, and in another way as well, it's for people that perhaps are a little bit timid, shy. I don't mean to single out ladies, but, you know, <laughs> you know, regular extinguisher, when you use one, there's a lot of junk and a lot of force that comes out with that. And it is uh, an element is a much more uh, approachable and if you want to say user friendly type experience okay. as opposed to using these. And we have, we have found sense. them to be very, very popular, uh, you know, the more aged and elderly community who see it as a, as a much more approachable option for themselves. Sure. Sounds like something I think 
RVers should definitely have multiple multiples of. of yeah and homeowners I mean yeah, why not let's I mean, not give up on our houses <laughs> well it's interesting that you bring that up because as a company we initially targeted the automotive community because we happen to be car people and we like cars and so quite often we get the question oh it's good for my car but is it good for insert any other environment you can think of. Right, right. And, and as we tell people, fire doesn't really ask for permission. And a fire is a fire is a fire, regardless of where it's burning. Having effective firefighting tools, like an element fire extinguisher, is not specific to any one environment, business, or, or even type of fire, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it's anything that can burn that you care about. Right. Probably not a bad idea to have one of these nearby. Yeah. I will say also that on trailers, uh, we have found that a lot of people like elements because if you have a bearing fire on a wheel, ah. it's effective for putting it out, but all of a sudden didn't put powder all over the bearings that you now need to repack at the side of the road. Oh, oh really interesting. Good Rob, thank you so much for coming on and explaining the element fire extinguisher to us and getting us the education that we need to know that this is the way to go. Yeah, I, th I think it's something all our viewers should have. Yeah. Or homeowners or classic car or people. Or classic car people. Or new car people. Yeah. I mean, a RAV4 caught on fire. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And at the very least, I should extend a discount to your listeners as well. So I will say that uh, anybody that is a listener and goes to our website, if they use the coupon code HAPPYCAMPER10, so HAPPYCAMPER10, we'll give you 10% off of your order. And we'll also give you free shipping on orders over $99. So encourage Excellent. people to buy more than one. Right. Yeah. And that'll be good until uh, the end of September 2022. Fantastic. Thank Fantastic. you. Well, thank you for your time and for offering our listeners a discount and for this awesome product. Yes. All those. Thank you very much for having me. All our right. Our pleasure. Have a great day. Yeah. So how many of you have shopped on our logo store? A number of you have. Yeah, a number of you have. Thank you for your orders. We hope that you are loving your items that you bought. Nature Soup is our new printer and also a family member. We talked about that last week. Rebecca is offering just limited edition only in the month of August is this design going to be available. And it's available in a few different drinkware options. There is an August limited edition design that uh, obviously you can only get in August. So, <laughs> yeah. so I recommend heading over to the logo store and checking it out. Tony and I said, oh, I really like this one, but we just already bought the one with our logo on it. What are we going to do? Every month we're going to buy, um, yeah, probably, we're yeah. going to buy a new mug. <laughs> and then when we move into our new house, we'll have a whole mug collection so that when we invite people over for coffee we have plenty of mugs to serve it in yeah so if you weren't <laughs> listening last week becca is our well i guess niece right well cousin's daughter so yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> but she is able to go to school and stay home with her four daughters and in doing so has created the company nature soup company they print mugs and mouse pads and all kinds of stuff mm -hmm. and so we of course you we want to buy our own stuff and we did so i got one of the coffee cups a mouse pad some stickers and that was part of the haul we got in our p.o box right and i have been very pleased with the quality so it feels good to support a young lady who is basically making her family better and and moving ahead in life and also the products are good, so and it has our logo on it, so right. you can't beat that. And actually, we don't talk about this very much, but I already had a tumbler from Nature Soup that says, let's go camping, and I've had this for a couple of months, so I already knew that the quality was well, well worth it and that we would be very happy adding Nature Soup Company to our logo store. Right, and so to get to, get to her products, I have labeled them differently. So you know you're supporting Becca. Yes. But you just go to our store and there's a button that says, you know, the Stressless Camping Logo Store. Yep. And there you go. And you'll, if you want to have mugs or 
mouse pads or that sort tote of thing. Bags. Tote bags. Yeah, that's the newest thing. You could see pictures of her daughters with right. the tote bags. <laughs> she said, who wants to model? And everybody said yes. So yeah. So, you can <laughs> so see we got her some great pictures. Girls, so. But anyway, we feel good supporting a family member who is doing right by her family and also get some cool stuff. Yeah. Last week, we talked about where we're staying, which is Coronado Campground, and then I realized we didn't put a link in the notes, so we'll say it again. We're staying at this great campground called Coronado Campground, and we will definitely get you some information about that in our show notes this week. And this week, I wanted to add one of the activities that we did while we were in the area, and that is the Albuquerque Biopark. Yeah, that was super cool. So what it is, is it's like a botanical garden, but there's also an aquarium and a zoo. And so we bought annual passes because we did. Like, hey, we got to go back here. We kind of figured we would go back anyway, but then we went in. It was pretty warm day and we went right before lunch, which probably wasn't the smartest plan. <laughs> and so we walked through the aquarium and then we were walking through the gardens and we got a little hangry and hot so we didn't get to see everything that we wanted to see and we didn't even make it to the zoo at all nope no couldn't see any of my relatives (laughs) so i'm really glad that we bought the annual passes because we are definitely going to be back many times i mean people were just sitting in the garden having a picnic with their own food and i thought shoot we can just do that every week just to go yeah. enjoy our passes yeah it's really it's very pretty there it's a lot of walking but you see we went through the aquarium and saw the fish and that's well done and we went through some of the we botanical went through a gardens. lot of the yeah a lot of the botanical gardens and saw a typical 1920s albuquerque farm and it was it was just a neat day in the park so to speak yeah and then we went and had a lunch at the cafe and you know when you have lunch at a cafe <laughs> and you're looking at a whole bunch of big fish i always feel weird about eating fish i'm like yeah which they, one of you guys didn't make the cut in the aquarium <laughs> so now you're on our plate so they do have fish and chips in the yeah. aquarium cafe so we always ask if it was the slowest fish yeah right and the girl was she, i think she took us a little too serious She's like no 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 we serve cod <laughs> okay <But laughs> mike trobeck said Instead of Survivor, where you get voted off the island, the fish vote who gets sent to the island. Sent to the island off the water. (laughs) Speaking of food. So I'm going to give an itty-bitty, teeny-weeny gadget report. Well, kind of. Gadget report. We finally bought the little miniature waffle maker, the Dash waffle maker. Ours looks like honeycomb. It's adorable. But... Totes adorbs. We have a different gadget report, so that's not my gadget report. But without that, we wouldn't be able to make our high-protein waffles. Just a quick thing, if you don't know, we have been uh, working on our figures, as it were. We have lost about 40 pounds in this past year, and that has been through doing more of a high-protein diet. And so Peggy has been making these high-protein waffles. And so anyway, back to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in our, in our naughty eating days, every once in a while we'd go to the Golden Arches and get a sandwich that Tony called the salty, sweety, cheesy, meaty. Yes. <laughs> and we decided to try making that ourselves. So I make a vanilla protein waffle and Tony makes some sausage patties out of some locally sourced sausage. Yeah, we found a butcher here in Albuquerque, but you know, you can get ground sausage anywhere, right? obviously. And then a fried egg and a slice of cheese, and you have a way better tasting low carb McGriddle. Yeah, yeah, probably like a whole lot less salt, too. Right. <laughs> anyway, that was what we made. And the recipe's there on our website. So yes. we can, we'll put a link in the show notes to that, too. We're very big breakfast eaters. We love breakfast. And in a moment, we'll talk about the question of the week where we actually asked about breakfast. It might have to do with the fact that we used to own a bed and breakfast. Well, it might. But first, Tony, do you want to give us um, your gadget report and or your RV of the week? Well, I do. If you are a 
follower of ours, you've probably already seen that we are finally able to talk about all of our new Rockwood Mini Light. And the reason that we have been kind of hush-hush on bits and pieces of this is that we have been testing a prototype of what's called the Power Package. And what the Power Package is, it's an option on specific Rockwood Mini Light and Flagstaff Microlight trailers. And it is a monster lithium battery and solar package. It's a thousand watts of solar and a 400 amp hour lithium battery. It's all put together by a company called Mastervolt. And Mastervolt makes these types of systems for all kinds of vehicles, but has started in the marine industry. And stuff that goes on boats has to be really, really, really well thought through because there is no AAA when you're right. on a sailboat <laughs> 100 miles from the shore. The Mastervolt system is a packaged complete system and the battery, the inverter, the all of the pieces for the charging and the charge controller, all of that come from Mastervolt and the panels that are on this system come from GoPower. We've had GoPower portable panels for years and years and really like them. Without saying too much about this, because we did two videos, one interviewing an engineer from Mastervolt and one talking about our experiences with this system, it has been absolutely game-changing. And I say that because we don't really think about hookups oftentimes right. when we plan our trips. So if there's a really cool harvest host or boondockers welcome site or national park where there's no hookups at all, as long as we have water, we're like, okay, let's stay there. <laughs> yep. And it has just made a huge difference in how we plan our adventures to the point where we're kind of not favoring full hookup places. The biggest challenge now is no longer power. It's really how much water we have. And, you know, when we fill up the other two tanks, the black and gray, where to solve that problem. <laughs> but power has been, uh, it's just game changing. And I know there are Mastervolt systems available aftermarket, and there are a few other RV brands that either have a Mastervolt system available or will. Just the face of RVing with these high-performance lithium and solar systems are changing. And I know, of course, some of you have shown me or talked to me about systems that have just immense capability. And, you know, there, of course, are systems you can put together. But this is neat because for those of you who are not really electrical engineers, those <laughs> of you who are not Mike Sokol, hi, Mike, <laughs> it's just a package system that frankly just works yeah so that's our take check out our videos on the master vault system so as i mentioned a minute ago we have a question of the week every week and last week i asked about your favorite breakfast because as i said we're really into breakfast and, <laughs> and we're always looking we really for new are. ideas and eventually we'll probably get tired of our salty sweetie cheesy meaty and have to move on to something else <laughs> right one of the things you know that was bad were those hash brown sandwiches that we used to oh make. boy oh, yeah boy, they were good. we used to do that too and i can say that you all eat really really well there was only one person who said they put as little effort as possible into breakfast everyone else like either drinks their breakfast or spends a lot of time Yeah, and it is exactly breakfast. what you think. There's some people who are like, nope, Bloody Mary's all I need. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, a lot of people put bacon in their breakfast. Yay, of course. Right. Did we talk about the bacon last week? Uh-huh, we did okay. talk about the bacon. Yeah, that bacon yeah. would be great in a Bloody Mary. One person who said they weren't very adventurous, but I got to say this is the winner of adventure to me, is that they make their pancakes on a flat griddle on the campfire. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> it seems pretty cool to me because, you know, I've tried to cook on a campfire and it's hard to control the flames and the heat. And so you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we did post a couple of our recipes, our hash brown sandwich and now our low carb waffle sandwich in the group. And on our website. And there's a page on our website of recipes and there's a lot of breakfast things in there. So check that out. Yep. 
This week, because of our groundbreaking announcement, <laughs> I was wondering what is your interest in solar and lithium technology? Yeah, we、uh, like looking at Mike's new Intech Terra Oasis. That has a nice solar package on it,、mm-hmm. and a lot of people who we've met have some really neat solar and battery. So what you know? What's your interest? Do you have a system you want to show off? Do you have questions? Where that is is in our fun and friendly, stressless camping podcast Facebook group, which is where, of course, you can answer the questions of the week. And if you have questions yourself, please feel encouraged to ask them there. Yes, absolutely. It's not just for us to ask. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> just a reminder to meet us at the Frog Rally if you're going. Give us a shout, or come and find the camper with the big Masterbolt sticker on the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll be the people unplugged at the full hookup sites. Right, and there will be a Rockwood gathering. So if you happen to be a Rockwood Flagstaff owner as a sub member of Frog. Come and meet us then. Yeah, apparently there's some great swag. Yeah, and of course we will share more information on that in our once a week newsletter, which comes right into your inbox on your computer for absolute free. Yeah, it's absolutely free, and we put links to the stories, videos, podcasts, all of that. That we hope will help you get the most out of your RV experience. You can visit our website, stresslesscamping.com, and sign up the first time you visit, or sign up at the bottom of any page. We will send you a weekly newsletter, and that's all. We won't share your information; we just use it to send out our weekly news. Right, and of course, you can also look for the show notes for this episode, which is episode one sixty-two, on the podcast page at stresslesscamping.com, where you'll also find our discounts and deals for the best deals on the things you'll need. On your stressless camping adventure, including Nature Soup Company's August Limited Edition and the Airstream Life Store. So don't forget that. And of course, if you have a great deal for our audience, let us know. We're always happy to entertain new things. And speaking of new things, there are a couple of new things that I've got on a burner, on a front burner, not a back burner. So、right. pretty soon we will be. Telling and releasing those. Peggy's been working hard at that. Of course, we are in all the social places, and you can start at stresslesscamping.com. From there, jump off into well, your favorite social sites, as it were. And if you don't want to miss a future episode of the Stressless Camping Podcast, it's free. It's free to subscribe on any podcast catcher, and we are saving you a seat around the. Virtual campfire that we are pouring water on right now, so we can get moving tomorrow. No, not pour water. We are using our element fire. Well, you probably shouldn't、we're、use your element you, fire extinguisher. We're not going to waste our extinguisher、right. on that. <laughs> and of course, every week we ask you for a review on the various places you might listen to the Stressless Camping Podcast, and we got one from BJ Sia, a five-star review who said. The two of you are such a pleasure to listen to and learn from, and boy, we we sincerely appreciate the kind words.、Thank、and、you. I'm glad to know that we are meeting our goal of being pleasant to listen to and informative. Absolutely. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining us from Albuquerque, New Mexico, this week and next week. Somewhere in Indiana. Yeah, somewhere in <laughs> Indiana. So on that, thank you and happy camping. We hope you learned a lot. And had some fun, and got some tips for your next stress-less camping adventure. We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure, and we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping! It's free.